0: This week, we're going to look at another one of God's big promises, and it is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, most times people don't realize the Holy Spirit was something God promised to give his people, to give it as a gift. So we're first going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, 3 and 4. So a promise is simply a declaration of assurance that someone will do a particular thing or that that thing will happen. Now the promises of God are many, they're precious, they're great, and they bring something to us. According to that scripture, they allow us to take part in His divine nature. You see, His promises bring us into His presence. In Hebrews eleven thirty three, and I'm beginning each message with the same two verses for a reason because it's a foundation for all the promises that God gives. In verse 33, he says, By faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. So finally, I want to say about promises that they must be received by faith. Okay, so the promises are great. There's many, but they must be received by faith. So today we are looking at the promise of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. It says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. The Holy Spirit was promised to God's people. The promises of God's Holy Spirit were actually mentioned back in the Old Testament. He made it clear that the day was coming when he would pour out his spirit. Haggai chapter two and verse five is one of those verses. It's God speaking, he says, "'My spirit remains among you, "'just as I promised when you came out of Egypt, "'so do not be afraid.'" You see, God promised Moses and the people of Israel that his presence would be among them and go with them. And if you remember, when God's people came out of Egypt, they were slaves in Egypt for many, many years, generations. God brought them out, and when he brought them out, they were led by a cloud during the day, which was his presence, and by a pillar of fire at night, which was his presence. His presence was with them and led them. He stayed with them. And then at one point in their journeys, they were told to make a tabernacle, which was a large tent structure, and in that tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant where God's presence would dwell. It was a golden box with rings on the side so they could put poles through and carry it, and there were two golden angels on each end, and that was where the presence of God would dwell. So he said, my presence will dwell dwell with you he promised it and he kept his promise you see God's Holy Spirit at this time came upon people so his presence was among them and from time to time his Holy Spirit would come upon somebody and when it would come upon them they would give a word or sometimes they would even do something a little odd okay And if you've read stories in the Old Testament about the prophets, sometimes they were thought to be a little odd. But the Holy Spirit was not available to dwell within and be for anybody and everybody. There were times of him coming upon and pouring out, but it was different than what would happen in the New Testament. You see, Isaiah 44 verse 3 is a prophecy of what God wants to do and what he's going to do when the New Testament begins. Listen in verse 3. For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. So God is promising that he's going to In the future, pour out his spirit. Okay, he's telling them that. They're telling his people, the day's coming. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Now, this is key because it's a promise. And God's promises are yes and amen. God is not a liar. When he promises, it's a for sure. Ezekiel 36 and verse 24 Another one of the prophets and he as well is prophesying prophesying what would happen in the future. He says, for I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. So he promised to fill with his Holy Spirit. And Joel chapter 2, 28 and 29 is also a well-known prophecy of him pouring out his spirit. And it says here, Joel prophesying by the Holy Spirit, it will come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So God was telling them this is a promise. It's coming. Get ready for it. He was going to pour out his spirit. Now, as you continue reading in your Bible, you will see in the book of Matthew, you're now in the New Testament. And you'll see that a prophet named John the Baptist begins to speak clearly about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3, verse 11, he says this, "'I baptize with water those who repent of their sins "'and turn to God.'" But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You see, so the prophecy before, it was clear. People were waiting for it. Now, John, who is a prophet, much like the Old Testament prophets, is saying, okay, he's right around the corner. He's coming. This one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Does everybody here know what it means to baptize somebody? Now, if you've seen a water baptism, you understand we put them under, we bring them back up, they're completely wet. Well, the word baptize here uh, can also mean to bury, but there's another picture that can come to mind that will help you understand, and they say that, A good word to describe baptism is to pickle something. When you put that pickle into the jar, it is just a cucumber, but you baptize it in the juice, the water, the dill, whatever, the garlic, whatever you put in there. And it's in there, it soaks, it permeates the cucumber until it's no longer a cucumber, it's now a pickle. Because it is filled with pickle juice. That is a picture of baptism. The Holy Spirit fills. He doesn't just get your hair wet and wash over your clothes. He fills you on the inside. And he changes who you are. You're no longer a cucumber. You're a Holy Spirit pickle. I don't know if I should say that. I might get in trouble. But it's a picture that will help you. Okay. John... Clearly says he's coming. John 1 verse 33. It's John the Baptist talking here as well. He said, I didn't know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one who you see the spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So John is telling some people, I know he's the one now because God told me when I see that happen, that's the one. So he was telling those who were asking, Jesus is the one. Now Jesus himself promised his followers that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them and to fill them. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, we can read about that. Jesus says to his followers, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or some versions say comforter, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are one God, and that's why Jesus could say, Oh, I'm with you now, but later the presence of God will be in you by the Holy Spirit. In John 14 and verse 26, a little further in the chapter, Jesus again says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Okay, the Holy Spirit, by the way, if you notice as we read through a couple of these verses, The pouring out of the Holy Spirit is not just for goosebumps or just for some great feeling, is it? He's telling them, hey, it's going to help you walk right. It's going to help you follow my commandments. He's telling them now he's going to lead you into all truth. There's a purpose for the Holy Spirit filling us. Acts 1 and verse 4 gives us kind of a final picture of christ speaking to his followers before he ascends and it said being assembled together with them he that's jesus commanded them not to depart from jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father everybody say promise the holy spirit is promised to us which he said you've heard of me For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And Luke 24 and verse 49. This is also another little bit of in-depth to what Jesus said at that final time. Jesus speaking says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. All right, again, we're reading these verses about the promise, but they're also speaking to why you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps you to live right. The Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. The Holy Spirit also fills you with power. Everybody say power. Power is important. Power is the thing that allows us to operate and uh, have To be effective, if I can say that. Think about it for a minute. If you have a power drill, but the cord is cut off, so it actually has no power to it, the drill looks good. You could even say, yeah, this drill is worth, you know, 250 bucks, but it's useless without power, okay? So you could, you know, like, that's why nowadays, because of cords getting cut off, they have cordless battery-operated tools, However, you still have to have a battery that's powered up. You see, similarly, the Holy Spirit gives us power to be effective to what God has given and designed us to do. And you know what? That could be a little different for each of us, but you need power to do it, okay? And the Holy Spirit provides that power. Now... Those were Jesus' last words before he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. He's telling them, "Hey, you guys, you wait for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Wait for it. You need it." And we read about when they received it first, because many received the Holy Spirit in the days and years following Christ's words. Acts chapter two, verse one to four is a well-known. Scripture of that first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and it sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit on that first outpouring, it was very dynamic. There was wind, there was fire, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And if you continue to read, you know that at that time, the language they were speaking was a known language that others heard the good news of Jesus. Okay? There can be heavenly language of tongues, which isn't a language known here, but at that exact time, the tongue they were given was something that could spread the good news to others in the area that heard them. Okay? I don't want to go deep into all of it, but that's often uh, spoken of as the gift of tongues. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes with the Holy Spirit, our gifts... And there's prophesying, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment, uh, healing. There's uh, all of those, and there's the gift of tongues, which often uh, Bible interpreters say that's very specific to having a language that you don't know and somebody else does, and you're able to witness to them, okay? And then there's what uh, we talk about as the evidence, or the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and that would be speaking in tongues. Acts 10, to 46. says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. And as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Okay, so they knew they were filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now, I understand that not everybody from certain backgrounds has the same belief on the Holy Spirit, so I'm not trying to say I'm absolutely God 100% and everybody else is wrong. Not at all. I'm just sharing it the way uh, the Pentecostal Assemblies would share the Holy Spirit, okay? And kind of what our uh, beliefs are on that area. Now, there's a whole teaching you can go into on tongues. I'm not going there at all. I'm talking about an amazing promise that we can have. Okay? And I want to encourage you. None of us knows everything. I just want to encourage you to receive the promise. To not receive the promise because we want to argue about the details that we maybe don't know or can't even be 100% sure don't argue about the details, receive the promise. Is that okay? Is everybody good with that? Receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. You know, the old devil is, he just, any way he can to get people not to get what God wants, right? And if he can get you arguing, if he can get you upset, if he can just get you to, oh, get mad or stubborn, you'll not receive the promise. So I just encourage you, receive what he has even if you don't 100% understand what He is, what He's giving you. Now, somebody said, Well, wow, I don't wanna receive the Holy Spirit unless I know and understand it 100%. That's actually not possible. Did you know that? If somebody tells you they know about it 100%, they're lying. You say, well, How can you say that? Because the Holy Spirit is God, and it says His ways are past finding out, His ways are higher than our ways. <laughs> So you cannot know and understand it completely. Not with your human mind. But you can receive the gift. Okay? Look at somebody and say, you can receive the gift. Because his gifts are good. His gifts are amazing. Acts chapter 19 and verse 4. Acts chapter 19 and verse 4. And I'll give you a little background before I start reading. Paul has come to some disciples. He's found some disciples and he asks them, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? And he asks them that question and they say to him, we haven't even heard if there be any Holy Spirit. They didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. But they had believed about Jesus. But listen what Uh, he says here, Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. So they got baptized in water and they heard John's message about Jesus, but they hadn't yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Okay, so there's just some picture. I'm giving you some verses that you can see. Someone can believe and then be filled with the Holy Spirit. The verse I read to you previously, they believed in their hearts, were immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they had to get water baptized after. But the timeline doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be short but you do need to believe in Christ to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that's kind of a clear thing you need to understand. You can't be like, well, you know, I'm a Satanist, but I kind of think I'd like the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I be filled? No, you couldn't. It's okay, I know nobody here is. I'm going like really extremes. You don't think I'm picking on you. Okay? You couldn't. You would have to believe in Christ, give your life to Him, and then you can receive that gift. You see, all believers can receive the Holy Spirit by asking in faith. Luke 11 and verse 9 to 13. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you, a sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? You see, He's wanting to pour out His Holy Spirit, to give His Holy Spirit to you, to fill you, to give you that power, to give you that direction to give you that leading. And when you receive a gift from God, you can know it's good, okay? So you can trust whatever he gives you, it will be good. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1 to 6. And I'm going really quick because I told you I'd get you out of here on time, so thank you for sticking with me as I read a lot of verses. Acts 19, 1 to 6. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And I'm kind of giving you the part of the verse that I already read recently, but I'm going to give you the whole thing here in a different version. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost." And he said unto them, What then were you baptized? And they said to John's baptism. All right, and then, where I read in a different version here, Paul, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, They should believe on him which should come after, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues, and prophesy. All right. So I have wanted to finish with that for a reason. How many here have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Put your hand up. Let me see. You know you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. How many here have seen or heard crazy things about people getting filled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Seen or heard crazy things? Yeah, that, that could make you not want it, right? Okay. I'm trying to think of the craziest thing you might have seen or heard. Uh, Let me put it this way for you. The Holy Spirit does not push or force anybody. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit won't because God is that kind of God. It's a gift for you to receive. He's not going to force it on you and make you do something that you didn't want to do. Okay, I don't see that scripturally. Now, if you've asked for the Holy Spirit and you ask God, please fill me with the Holy Spirit, there are most definitely times in Scripture where people were overwhelmed by the filling of the Holy Spirit. And even in the Old Testament, it talks about the presence of God was so strong that they couldn't stand. Okay, that's what it says. So there's definitely times when His Holy Spirit moves people because it's so amazing, but you ask for it and you're willing and you receive. Okay, so I want to make that clear uh, when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit as well. Uh, When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are given the ability to speak with tongues. But some people in their shyness, or some people think, I don't know about it, and they don't use it. Until sometimes maybe in a private place. But you are given that ability from what I see in Scripture. Scripture. The speaking in tongues is a whole another message we could do on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I believe uh, we will at some point do a series just on the Holy Spirit because we are a Pentecostal church and you know we don't always talk about it but I want you to know when we do talk about it it's not a scary weird thing okay look at something and say it's not scary or weird you didn't sound convinced there's a couple of you like I don't know don't take your eyes off them <laughs> I've been to one of those churches. (laughs) If he starts running over here dumping oil on you, run! (laughs) Trust me, the Holy Spirit is good. He's gentle. And he wants to give you, God wants to give you something good. And he'll give it good for you. And do you know this? That as the Holy Spirit fills you and works through you, you're going to look different than everybody else because he's going to flow through your personality. And sometimes people with dynamic, passionate personality are going to be more boisterous and maybe more action with when they're filled and feeling his power. Somebody else who's shy might be just as filled and they just do that. <laughs> it's okay. Alright, you don't have to look like me. I actually found out this week something I didn't know before. Uh, we were at the house there and Evangeline was just being really dramatic and our 14-year-old was like, oh, Evangeline, she's like, she's being so dramatic. She's just like dad. I'm like, what? <laughs> you mean mom, don't you? 14-year-olds never lie. No, I mean dad. <laughs> I was like, okay. So apparently I am dramatic. I didn't know that. <laughs> but hey, you don't have to be like me. Each of you has your own personality and the Holy Spirit will use you the way you are. So having said that, if you've not received the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is simple, you just ask. That's what it says in Scripture, you ask. So as a group, I'm going to have you stand right where you are in your seats. I'm not going to pull anybody to the front or do anything weird. And we're going to ask as a group for maybe those few that haven't yet received and want it. And that's how we're going to do it. And we're going to believe by faith you've received it. Okay, because you receive the Holy Spirit the same way you receive salvation. It's words and saying, yes, I want it. And guess what? It here it comes. You've got it, okay? And uh, again, because I know some here aren't used to this, I'm going to make sure and not make anybody feel horrible or out of place, all right? And, uh, but I do believe the Holy Spirit will come and in the days ahead, you'll grow in what He's given you. You may find yourself speaking in tongues in the days ahead. You may be like, Feeling a word coming to you, and you're wondering, How did I know that? Well, that's the Holy Spirit giving you something for somebody else. Uh, okay, so we're going to do that here today. So, what I'm going to do is just lead the group in a prayer for those who may want to pray, and we're just simply going to ask for Him to fill us, Holy Spirit. Okay? All right, you guys good with that? So, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I'm a Christian. And today, I want to receive that gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me, to lead me, to guide me, to give me the power I need to serve you. Lord, I accept the gifts that you're giving me right now. Amen.